Welcome back, everyone, to another Division Breakdown episode. With me, as always, is my co-host, Chris Ronan. How we doing? How is Vegas? Oh, I'm doing good now. I wasn't doing good a couple days ago. I feel like that long weekend in Vegas, it's mm. just like a two-day hangover afterwards. That's uh, flying out is just amazing. Like, you flew out 7 a.m. and you land at 9 a.m., like, but it's a five-hour flight because of the time zone yeah. change, right? Mm-hmm. But then when I come back on Monday, we get on the plane at 11. We don't land till like, 7.30. So your whole day's gone. gone. So that's kind of a wash. But mm-hmm. Vegas is just a lawless wasteland, and if I never go back there again, <laughs> it, it's probably a good thing. But it's definitely an awesome like once in a lifetime trip. I heard New Orleans is like that too. I heard New Orleans you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Vegas is a lot dirtier than New Orleans. Oh, I would really? say. Yeah, the strip's pretty bad. Yeah, really? It's, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty rowdy. Pretty rowdy there. Wow. Yeah. I would not. Th- I would just wouldn't. I mean, like there's that. there's all like the flashy entertainment like showbiz area of it kind yeah. of and then there's like you know a block down the road is kind of tough you know interesting yeah but i mean we didn't really venture outside too much we did a couple pool parties i mean hotel casino how was the heat you were telling me the heat. yeah he like wasn't bad it's, it's 90 there but it's it feels like a new england 70 because of how like humid it is here oh, you know when it's like i'm sorry not 70 i should say like 80 yeah. A New England 80 with the humidity, it feels like it's like 100 degrees. But yeah. out there, like a 90 and there's no humidity, it's just like, it's like dry. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Not like I'm walking down the strip, I'm not like sweating through my shirt, you know? So you had a good time? Yeah, definitely. How definitely was all good the time. betting? You showed me a few Snapchats of like the betting areas. Yeah, like, yeah, it's awesome, God. dude. Like everywhere. Like you get off the plane in the airport, there's just slot machines. <laughs> like not even joking. <laughs> like right in the. Yeah, the second you like come off the little runway to like get onto your plane. Mm. The little tunnel. I don't fly often, as you can tell. I don't know any of the fucking lingo. But when you get off the plane, the the second you're in the airport, there's just slot machines, everything. It's you like know? Vegas. Like, we're going to get these degenerates as soon as they get off the plane. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly where the money's going. But, I mean, I was smart about it. I, didn't, I don't play the electronic things. I just feel like there's something iffy about that. Just It's a big computer that you're playing on. You're going to tell me that they're not playing with the numbers a little bit? Right, you know? exactly, yeah. Um, I also saw a number. I'm going to butcher this one. But Vegas makes 239 point something million I think it was million. Maybe it's bill. It must be billion per year off of the um, slot machines. But the next closest thing was like baccarat, which I don't know how to play, and it was like a hundred, hundred billion, hundred million, whatever the number wow. was. So the gap is massive. Yeah, it's just like that's basically how they like pay for everything there. That's like incredible. that covers all of their expenses and stuff. So it's like old people just yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, just sit there and pull, you know, smoke a butt inside and just keep just, going. Just hang up. I didn't end up getting my sports bets off just because. Uh, I got a little uh, timid, I think. I didn't really have any backing on the NFL games. I didn't really want to learn how to use a sports book to do a college football game. So, right. um, But I did watch the games at, at the sports book. It was sick. There were like a million TVs. Dude, yeah, you showed me that. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And it's like, it's a different vibe there because you sent me that, and I sat there and looked at it. I'm like, oh, like. It was packed, you're, too. You're seeing it as just like entertainment. They're all seeing it with like tickets and everything. They're like. I'm going to win a bunch yeah, of money with yeah. this, you know? Different vibe. One of the guys on our trip put $1,000 on the Celtics to win the uh, the championship this year. Yeah. Okay. I think the payout was only 5 to 1, too. So he's getting five grand if they win it all. Oh, wow. But if they lose, he gets nothing. Nothing. You know? There's $1,000 <laughs> down the drain. Like, that's not great odds. I don't know. Just me. Not a fan of that. Yeah. Nope. I wouldn't have done that. No, I'm not a gambler whatsoever. I don't even do scratch tickets. I don't yeah, even scratch play tickets. Yeah. Scratch tickets. I, th- I see a lot like the electronic games, too. I feel like it's just a numbers game that's rigged. No. They did roulette, which apparently is like one of the worst odds you can play for a Vegas table game. Oh, really? Uh, I hit 500 on that, and then I nice. sat down and played live poker at the table, hit 600 on that. Ooh, so, nice. Yeah. 
Paid off a little bit of the expenses. Not mm-hmm. all of them, but... Nice. Yeah. How was poker, by the way? It was awesome, man. Yeah. Really good time. Yeah, we, I liked it a lot. You've talked about that a few times on the podcast there with, like, Danny Negreanu and uh, Phil Hailmuth there, mm-hmm. and so... I love it, dude. Poker's so much fun. It's I, just, like, now that I have, like, an actual, like, table win at Vegas, like, I feel like I could play, you know? <laughs> I'd just sick. be a fish if I showed up and tried, though. You're going to have to show me, because I'd go there and just lose a shit ton of Oh, yeah, yeah, like, hey, yeah. Screw this. You got to, like, really know, like, I've been playing since I was, like, I didn't even realize, my, my brother reminded me since I was, like, 12, there was, like, a PlayStation 2 game where you're, like, on a riverboat, like, just playing poker, and I, like, what? loved it for some reason. I was, like, really? all about playing poker on PlayStation 2 when I was, like, 12, 13. <laughs> just the worst game in the world, but I was, like, <laughs> all about playing hooked. poker, yeah. Just one of those games. Yeah, so I didn't realize I've been playing for, like, 16 years, I guess, so. That is hilarious. Put some effort into it and see where it takes me. You have to show me. I have a few guys that I work with that, like, go to the casinos here, the one, uh... One in Everett there. The mm-hmm. hell's, uh, I can't remember. Oh, Encore. We That's basically where we stayed in Vegas was the Encore win. Oh, same really? company, yeah. Same nice. kind of similar building too. It's just it's a different mentality. They lose a lot and then they win some and they're like, Look how much I won. I'm like, Yeah, but how much you do yeah, you lose yeah. to get there, you know? But I, I think a big part of that is compartmentalizing like this is my gambling money and like don't dip into the don't other dip stuff. Into it, this yeah. is my bankroll and just live with that, yeah. you know? If you go if you get out of it, like if if you run dry from the the gambling money do not dip into the yeah. other funds. That's when you get in trouble. Yeah, you leave and then come back later once you've built up another yeah, bankroll. You figure know? it out. Yep. Uh, all right, so enough about gambling. Enough about Las Vegas. Las Vegas we'll talk about next week, but this week we're going to be talking about the Central Division. And uh, ready to get into this? Let's do it. So for the Central, the teams are the Colorado Avalanche, the Minnesota Wild, St. Louis Blues, Dallas Stars, Nashville Predators, Winnipeg Jets, Chicago Blackhawks, and Arizona Coyotes. Oh, and for everyone listening in the past two episodes, uh, trying to figure out injuries here. Uh, There's been injuries that we've missed. Uh, I've seen comments on our YouTube channels. And uh, from the websites I've been using, like, it's not updated Finally, the one of the websites uh, that I used, it was finally updated yesterday on the 15th. So there's going to be a good amount of questionables to start the season, which is good news. I've seen a bunch of, like, won't come back till November, December, but a lot of these are going to be questionables, and so we're going to throw them in there, too, to help everyone out to what it's going to look like for the beginning of the season for these guys. Perfect. So, so uh, with that said, you want to start off with the Colorado Avalanche? Yeah, we're going to take this from the top. We're going by the NHL 2021-22 season standings. So, the Stanley Cup winning Colorado Avalanche finished first in the Central last season with a 56-19-7 record. They put up 119 regular season points. First in the West and second in the league. Their head coach is Jared Bednar. So they lost a few players this offseason. Andre Burakovsky to the Seattle Kraken. Jack Johnson to the Blackhawks. Nazem Kadri to the Flames. Darcy Kemper to the Capitals. And Nicholas Abe-Kubel to the Maple Leafs. They ended up signing Arturi Lekkonen to a five-year contract. Josh Manson re-signed for four years. Darren Helm re-signed for a year. Goalie Jonas Johansson from the Panthers signed a one-year contract. Brad Hunt... Uh, from the Canucks signed a two-year contract. Anton Bleed from the Bruins signed a one-year contract. And Evan Rodriguez from the Penguins signed a one-year contract. The only trade they had, they traded their 2022 third and fifth round picks, as well as their 2023 third round pick to the New York Rangers in exchange for goaltender Alexander Georgiev. Nice. You want to start it off and let us know what you think about the team? <clears throat> yeah, uh, I love I love the fact that they picked up Erod. Remember we are talking about the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, and I'm sitting there I'm like, why the hell did they not sign him? And then this week... Guess who picked him up? I tell you what, I I think it's a great slot in for the Nazem Kadri, 
you know, the other thing that took all offseason to get resolved. Nazem Kadri out, Evan Rodriguez in. They're not the same player at all, in my opinion, but it's another, you know, skilled player to slot into your roster and add some depth. Right, 100%. Uh, a lot of teams when you see team, a lot of times when you see teams win the Stanley Cup, uh, a lot of the players fall off. Like, they don't sign them because uh, they're on the last year of contract or they get traded a lot. Uh, you see big names here like Burakovsky, Jack Johnson, Nazem Kadri, especially Darcy Kemper. Um, big names there for the well, uh, for the Colorado Avalanche that got them there, but not as much as you normally see. So the Avalanche are kind of looking still good in my opinion right here. I agree. I think the central core, like these guys are definitely good. Like top tier players in the league, but not superstars. So right. the superstars that they have in Colorado can live to like fight another day without these guys around them. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that I'm questioning here is the players coming in. I don't think that a lot of them, you know, fill the stopgap of who left. Like Jonas Johansson coming in in replace of Darcy Kemper. That doesn't seem like an even slot. No. Evan Rodriguez is really the only player I see coming in that seems like they're going to fill in and, you know, still, still put up some up. production. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, Arturi Luckinen too, Josh Manson, Darren Helm, these, these- – just great re-signs. Uh, look, definitely looking like a Tampa Bay Lightning in my eyes. Yep. The past uh, when they both won, sorry, when they won the Stanley Cup twice, you kind of saw the exact same team both times. So they're taking like the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning route, and uh, it's good to see. Good to see the Avalanche like compete because I o- did like to compete with the. I did really like to compete with the Az and Lightning. Kind of want to see it again to be honest. The only thing I'll say, right? You look at the Tampa Bay Lightning; they're stacked offensively. You look at their defense; they're stacked defensively. You look in the net, and they are like set with Andre Vasilevsky. The net is the real only question mark for this Colorado Avalanche team. Mm-hmm. You're really gonna have to leave on uh, Pavel Francouz and uh, Alexander Georgiev. Georgiev, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like a really good tandem on paper, but we'll we'll really see how they slot in behind these guys. Yeah, Francouz for sure. Um, I got this from last season. Only played 20 on games due to a low body injury, and then a face injury caused by a teammate trying to clear the puck, which ended up hitting him in the face. So. Uh, you're going to see this a lot with the Central now that I'm picked up with all the uh, injuries here. A lot of these guys, like, are just playing through injuries. And, um, like, Francois here, now that Darskip is gone, exactly what you just said, it's Georgiev and Francois. And, yeah, they're right. The net uh, tandem is going to look a little iffy here. And I don't know if the Colorado Avalanche can be that uh, non-net-needing team like they were last year. I think you know? they can be. You know, like we said, their their star power seems to be able to get the job done. Kale McCarr in front, plus 48 on the ice, fifth best in the league, and first in the league for defensemen and goals. Right. So I, I think that he can definitely get the job done on both ends of the ice for this team. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you look, you're looking at, like, the roster here, and it's just, like, it's still just incredible. The, like, you just look down at defense when you see Kale McCarr, like, yeah, they're good to go. Devontae's. Um, talking about questionables, uh, Samuel Gerard's going to be uh, questionable to the start of the season for anyone who wants to know. But uh, it's just one questionable, and I don't think that's going to matter at all for this Colorado Avalanche team coming in. You know? Yeah, and when I'm going to set up my, you know, my rankings for the Central Division, I, I didn't really want to put them first again because I don't see it as a feasible opportunity. But I don't think there's anyone that's really going to knock them down a peg nope. in this division. No. So I just have them back in at their number one seed. Yep, same same here. Cool. You look at all the teams, and they're just like, yeah, these guys are just not going to move much anyway. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that, too, after finishing up the Atlantic, where just like the West is going to be, I don't know what you, I don't know, I don't know what words in your mouth. We're, we're just I'd say weaker. Say, yeah, well, we- weaker. Weaker is the word I would go with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the East is going to be action-packed, and the West is going to be 
a, a, a tier below, in yes. my opinion. Yes. So for everyone, uh, be prepared to see an avalanche just like the Tampa Bay Lightning, except uh, definitely not like last year's Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm talking about like first in like their division Lightning. You know, we're gonna get to it uh, after next week's breakdown because. I feel like we want to break down every team and then look at this, but I actually got asked by someone today. Uh, you don't have to answer now, but my answer to it, he says, uh, who, who do you have winning the Stanley Cup? And I said, I can't Ooh. really answer that right now where I still have another like couple weeks to look at these teams. Right. But I did say for the finals matchup, I could totally see Colorado and Tampa again. Oh, yeah. Like, And I can't think of anyone else that's going to you know knock them off. But the only thing that I had you know to rebut that statement is – as long as you have a playoff ticket, that's all it takes to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, right. anyone can get in anyone once you're there. Can get in. Anyone. So, I, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna do uh, Stanley Cup Finals and uh, Stanley Cup Champion talk at, after the breakdown next week too. We could be completely wrong. These guys could just have like a hangover from, from the Stanley Cup, yeah, and just like fall down a bit and be like, yeah, you know, like Abe Kubel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to take a quick flight north to go up to the Minnesota Wild? Well, let's do her. These guys finished central, uh, second in the Central Division. Wow, tongue twister there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 53, 22, and 7 record, 113 points on the season, second in the West and fifth in the league under head coach Dean Evanson this season. Players lost were Jordy Ben to the Maple Leafs, Nick Bukestad to the Coyotes, Nicholas Delorier to the Flyers, Goalie Cam Talbot went to the Senators. Dmitry Kulikov is on his way to the Ducks. And Kevin Fiala to the Kings. Uh, the players signed. They really only had a few fl- players that got signed from their farm team, the Iowa, Iowa Wild. Wild yeah. uh, but they did have a few trades here. The Wild traded Kevin Fiala to the LA Kings in exchange for the 2022 first-round pick and defenseman Brock Faber. Uh, the 2022 first-round pick was Danila Yurov of the KHL. Uh, the Wild traded goaltender Cam Talbot to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for goaltender Philip Gustafsson. And lastly, they traded away Dmitry Kulikov to the Ducks in exchange for future considerations. My favorite player in the league. <laughs> Guy gets bounced around so many times in the Suitcase. league. Suitcase. It's insane. <laughs> um, I don't know how I feel about this wild team. Like, you lost a lot, gained absolutely nothing, and uh, you. I feel like the wild is just going to fall down. I'm not too sure what their plan was here. Like, they lost big players here. Nick Bukestad, Delorier. The mangle at Camp Talbot, although we talked about him in the Flurry situation where Talbot wanted out, so that kind of made sense. Kulikov and Fiala. Fiala's kind of fallen down a bit, but Kulikov is still kind of up there. So great pickup by the Ducks. But I, I don't know. You think you're going to lose these plays and like try to pick something up to like pick up the pace there? And I don't know. I think you're going to see like a fallen down wild team. And I don't know where to go from there. You yeah, know? with you saying all this makes me want to bump them lower on my rankings. Yeah. Um I do see them a lot like the New York Islanders. I think they looked at the team and said, you know, let's run it back. You know, I want to I want to see what this group can do. Yeah. But then they also took the time to give away six guys that I think maybe four or five years ago were, were pretty big names around the league, but now they've kind of lost their shine, you know, the, the top part of their game. Right. The only guy that I think stands out to me is uh, obviously Cam Talbot, but Nicholas Delorier, and it's not because of what he does, you know, on the stat sheet. It's what he brings on the ice. He brings that fear factor of, like, don't hit my guys. Mm-hmm. Um and I think they'll be all right without that. Like, that's not as big of a hit as his name brings, I think. Right. You know? So, um, 
that's that's really where I stand on it. I think that they definitely got worse before they got better. They and to top this all off too, they're gonna have a uh, questionable. There's four players that are questionable here, and a big one here is Kirill Kaprizov. He's questionable to start the season. And then you have Matt Zuccarello, who who's questionable. Jordan Greenway is questionable. Jared Spurgeon in defense is questionable. So those are all big. Those are big, and that's just questionable. So they could start, but if they don't, you're missing key guys, especially Kirill Kaprizov, to really uh, pick up the slack from all the plays they've missed. You know. And I think if there ends up being a timeline on their return, that that can really set them back a bit. You know, if the team gets off to a slow start, that can screw the whole season over early mm-hmm. without even realizing that, like, oh crap, we went. You know, I don't know. Call it three and seven in our first ten to start the season. Now we're you know more than ten percent of the way through, and we're not looking so hot. You know, oh, yeah, exactly, hundred percent. And then uh, we just want to talk about goal goaltending situation too. Uh, the Philip Gustafson uh, pickup was pretty good. I, I did like him for the Senators. Uh, but let's go to Mark on your flurry here. Um, not really saying much. Not point nine oh eight save percentage was his fifth worst in his career, and two point ninety GA, which is also third career worst between the Blackhawks and Wild last season. So hopefully Flurry picks it up. He's gonna need to with a team like this. I I I hope maybe. Philip Gustafson is not like Cam Talbot, where he could be like that solid backup. I think I like I feel like Philip Gustafson, but I don't know. I don't know if he's like the same uh, same guy as Cam Talbot there. So the only thing that I think might help them a lot is Joel Eriksson-Eck and Marcus Foligno, Jordan Greenway is your third line. That's a that's a pretty deep roster. You know when everyone's healthy, and I think on defense too, Matt Dumba, Jonas Bredin for your starting top, and mm-hmm. then Jared Spurgeon when he comes back in the second pair. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they're, I think that they're looking good on paper and like looking at their offseason moves. I want to bump them further down my list, but I think I'm happy leaving them in the third seed on my list. Oh wow, where do you have them? I have them fourth. Fourth, yeah. That I mean, that's that's where I'm thinking about bumping them down to, but. I think I'm gonna let them let them stay where they are, and uh, I just don't know if I were to bump them down, who I would bump up because I don't think this division is. I don't think anyone really got much better here. No. I think a lot of these teams either stayed the same or got a little worse. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, but one thing, one player I do want to bring up is uh, Brandon Duhame. When I was doing this breakdown for uh, for this team, I came across Brandon Duhame, and I didn't realize, dude, ten fights. He led the team in penalty minutes with 122. He had six goals and 11 assists in his first NHL season. Dude, imagine this. Okay, first NHL season, six goals, 11 assists. Yeah, pretty decent. Ten fucking fights. Yeah. That that is like showing that like, hey. And and what I liked about it too, the highlights that we were watching before this, they weren't like, oh, you want to go like at the face-off Dodgers for no fucking reason. Like this is the guy that's stepping up when, you know, Matt Zuccarello gets laid out, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's the guy that really comes over and says that's not all right. And that's going to be big. He's going to have to do even more than that next season with Nicholas Delorier gone because he's going to have to be that role enforcer. And, you know, hey, maybe that's why Delorier is gone. They saw Brandon Duhame come up in the roster and said, you know what, this guy can do the same job for less money and we can develop into something more Right. rather than watch, uh, you know, Delorier ride off into the sunset at Mm -hmm. the end of his career, you know? It's really like, I don't want to say it, but it kind of is like an old school hockey mentality too where you, you have this guy to come in and get stuff done, you know? Teams don't. A lot of teams don't have that yeah. anymore. A lot of if we're talking about a player like Vander Kane or something like that, or just some, it'd be like one or two plays that we talk about that's just on two different teams. Not every team has that guy, and Brandon Duhame is that guy. So I, I'm gonna like it. I'm gonna, I can't wait to see more uh, Duhame fights. He's definitely uh, he's that guy. He's the John Scott guy, getting it done. Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I got them down. I, I They really fell down for me when I was kind of doing the breakdown here. Uh, so, again, I have the Wild in fourth. You have them in third? I do have them in third, yes. Interesting. Yeah, I forgot they were, like, in second in the Central. I was, like, going through them, like, wait, is that a... It's like, oh, yeah, holy God, they were doing really well. Kaprizov really helped out with that, too. Yeah, I think I might have a good post-to-post picks for us, too, here. Uh, he played 80 games last season, this Brandon Duhame. Uh Do you have him more or less than 10 fights this coming season? Because <laughs> if he didn't play the whole season, I wasn't going to throw it out there, but... What do you think? Ooh. If you want to go with that one, or we can do something else. Or we can go by Pims, too. He's at 122. Oh, I like the Pims. Pims, yeah. Over that. More or less uh, I'm go, penalties? I'm going to go more more Pims. More, okay. Why are we thinking less? I think he's going to have to step up and, and put more up. But I think I'm going to say less and probably uh, bank, on, bank on an injury or something. Bank on him missing some games. Hmm. Maybe sent back down to the minors or something. Okay. Brandon Duhame. Nice. All right, so I got more pins for him. I think cool. a team like this is going to need a guy like that, you know? Yeah, I think in so, my, too. In my head. So I'm, I I'm really only saying less because you picked more, and I think it's lame to pick the same thing. It's more <laughs> fun to look at it and see us, uh, one of I us be right and one be wrong. You could be right. You know, you never know. Yeah. But uh, oh, I never think about injury, too, all those fights. How the hell did he play 80 games with 10 fights? Didn't get injured once? Jesus. Yeah. He's got head of steel. Good God. <laughs> That's like that reminds me of the time I shook hands with uh, Sean Thornton. I tell you about that time. Mm. It was bear like paws. Oh my god, bear paws one. It was like shaking a boulder. By the way, you ever shake hands with a rock? That's exactly what I'm like. Christ, who the hell got hit with these? I don't know how the hell they're still like awake, like alive, just in general. <laughs> Good god. So, I don't know. More Br- more Brennan Duhame fights. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's see it. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready to move right along to the St. Louis Blues here? Let's do it. Third in the Central last season, 49-22-11 record, 109 points, second in the West, sorry, third in the West, and fifth in the league. That doesn't sound right. That might be a mistype there. Pretty sure that's second the, in the West. Yeah, that's the same thing we just said about the Wild, so that's wrong. Um, but either way, uh, they have their head coach of Craig Berube. They lost uh, two goaltenders in the offseason. Charlie Lindgren went to the Capitals, and Billy Huso went to the Red Wings. He actually took David Perron along with him over to the Red Wings. And Mackenzie Mac- McEachern, Jesus, we didn't look that name McEachern. up. McEachern, thank you, to the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Um, they signed Nick Letty to uh, a re-sign, actually, for four years. Goalie Thomas Grice from the Red Wings to a one-year contract. Noel Achari from the Panthers to a one-year contract. Nico Mikola to a one-year contract. <laughs> Clem Costin, one-year contract <laughs> on the re-sign. And Jordan Cairo, eight-year extension worth $64.9 million. You were waiting for that. Yeah, you like that one? Both of the names. Uh, notable UFA for this offseason, too. Tyler Bozak, career low, three goals, nine assists, and 50 games played. He had a lower body injury in March. Entered the league in 2009 with the Maple Leafs. Ooh. And the only trade they had here, uh, the Blues traded uh, goaltender Vili Huso to the Red Wings in exchange for the 2022 third-round pick. And that pick was defenseman Michael Butchinger of the Gulf Storm in the OHL. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm sorry I butchered that. No worries. I just I was just burnt out when I was getting on this division here. Copy paste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same exact. Well, copy paste action, little, that's fine. Happens. Copy paste, yep. Um so moving on, we got the they they lost again Lingren and Billy Huso here. Billy Huso is the big loss here for the St. Louis Blues because um want to go down here to the uh 
guy that we love here, Jordan Bennington. Uh, dealt with COVID and knee injuries last season and another questionable to start the season. And Billy Huso really picked up like the pace for missing Jordan Bennington last season. And I think the loss of, of Billy Huso is going to hurt, hurt the St. Louis Blues. Thomas Grice, loved him with the Detroit Red Wings. Is he as good as Billy Huso? Ooh, that could have been a post-post pick. Mm. Is Thomas Grice as good as Billy Huso? Yes. Yeah. You think so, too? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't think so. I think Billy Huso is better than Thomas Grice, in my opinion. I mean, like last year. I mean, small sample size. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I'm going to write that down. Think about that tonight. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I, I just I, I, I feel like goaltending is going to be questionable with uh, the St. Louis Blues yet again um, with this team. I, I I kind of kept him in the exact same spot, kind of. Like, we just talked about how, like, you either just stay the same or just, like, get worse. And I feel like the Blues are kind of just going to stay exactly where they are. All right, so? so that's that's what I was thinking. You know, yeah. that was my initial look at it, but then I, I did a deeper look at it, right? Mm-hmm. Vladimir Tarasenko, I'm pretty sure he didn't have too hot of a year last year. There was a lot of, like, locker room talk, a lot of, like, captaincy issues, things like that, that I think his mind wasn't, like, focused on where he needs to be. Yeah. Robert Thomas had a amazing year. Jordan Cairo and Ryan O'Reilly is just steady Eddie. Brandon Saad, Pavel Buchnevich, like, this team is a lot deeper than we give them credit for, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nolachari centering the fourth line, I think, is going to be good for them, too. On defense, too, Krug, Scandella, Pareko, it's all pretty good. Uh, Bortuzzo and Nick Letty are your third line D. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, the loss of David Perron is going to be pretty big. Um, I don't really think the loss of Billy Huso is going to be that big. And I was trying to figure out, they didn't trade him, right? Did he walk as a free agent? Ugh. I forget what it was. I'm, I'm putting One you on the spot. But yeah. regardless, if they traded him, they sold high on him. If he walked... I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, a Thomas Grice is another one of those backups that's a suitcase a little bit. He's bounced around the league, and guess what? He's the same exact stats career-wise as Billy Huso. Right. A 9-1-2 and a 2-7-2. Billy Huso over two seasons, 2-7-2 and a 9 uh, two seven four and a 9-1-2 save percentage. Last season, Grice had a shit year, 3.66 and an 8-9-1, mm-hmm. but not on one of the best teams in the league, you know? No. Older guy, 36 years old, kind of on the back nine. But I do think he's another stopgap. Allen, Elliott, Halak, he's in there, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of see them stepping up a little bit. I think their younger guys are developing pretty well. And I bumped them up uh, another slot this season. They're going to finish in the two seed for me behind Colorado. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You didn't even talk about the injuries either because I'm going through looking at the injuries. It's like, ooh, maybe like a, a uh, fully repaired – what am I trying to say here? Jordan like, Bennington, right? Coming well, off of well, last season. I'm just talking about. I'm looking at defense here. I'm talking about Tory Krug suffered upper, upper body and lower body injury last last year. Marco Scandella lower body injury and undisclosed. Uh, and then Robert Patuzzo did with undisclosed and upper body injuries last year. Like the defense just really hurt. Then you have Nolachari with upper in, upper body injury. Uh, Clem Costin upper body injury. Like these guys are just like injured throughout this entire season so maybe yeah maybe now i'm thinking about maybe like coming back with like a full-blown uh ready to go roster might bring up a notch that's what i think too if they can avoid injuries maybe that'll make them you know even with that too think about it right if they finished third in the central last year with all of those injuries and they they always like make the playoffs they always squeak in and have a decent not decent run but like they're a competitor man like people go into st louis and they don't really want to match up with them i think i think they're one of those sneaky teams um and 
Ooh. I think, like you said, like the injuries that they had last year, yeah, there's only, what, two questionables to start the season or one? Yeah, two. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that's that bad. And, you know, maybe one of them no. does start and one doesn't. So Again, questionable doesn't mean they're not going to start. Right. You know? So, you so I, I think that these guys are going to come back well-rested, better than last year. The vets are going to do their usual thing, and I think the young guys are going to step up even more than they did last year. This is like the third week in a row I've I've done the one through eight, and the more we do it, the more I'm like, oh, I regret what I've done. Yeah, I definitely I definitely still am questioning Minnesota a lot. I definitely still want to move them, but I don't think I'm going to. Yeah. Once it's on there, man, like, mindset. I'm yeah, not, mindset not touching too, it. Mindset, too, because mine's – they're fifth right behind the Wild, the Blues. The Blues? You bumped them out of the playoff seats, yeah, huh? I bumped them out. Wow. Oof. But the more we talked about them, I was like, ah, oh, man, I might have messed up here. So you kept Colorado in the one, St. Louis in the five, and Minnesota in the four. Is that right? Yep. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to write yours down so I can keep up, too. Yeah. So me or Chris could be right. You never know next next season. But, yeah. That's healthy, a big swing, though. Healthy, Two seed versus five seed. Yep. Healthy lineup is going to help out a lot of these teams. And yeah. And maybe that's what the Blues need. Yeah, and I didn't see, you know, a timeline on all of those guys, but I do think, like, when you get into the playoffs and you're playing, even if it's one more round, like, those six, seven games that you play in the playoffs are just so much different than the regular season. Right. You're bound to end up with one or two, three injuries, you know, right. because of it. Could you see another cup run like they did in 2019 within the next five years, maybe? Yeah, I think their window is closing, but yes, I would say within the next three if it's going to happen. There'll be like some kind of at yeah. least run. I, I feel like the yeah. passing of the torch of like uh, David Perron and uh, who the hell is the other one? Oh, there's another older guy that was on the roster for a long time. I think the torch is starting to get passed to like Ryan O'Reilly, who's getting ready to like train oh. and groom the next guy, pass it on. You know, it's. I think their window's closing, and they need to get these guys up to speed a little quicker than they need. They well, want that's to. sad. They do. They do a good job with like the veteran plays, like the veteran presence, like that. Yeah. Like, like it's a veteran team, but also at the same time they mix in like young guys too. You know, just be like they they learn. I think it's like a healthy mix. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. You're 100%. right. Yep. And I think that's might be the only reason why they're just. It's like a good. It's a good mix that we're talking about, but at the same time, I don't think it gets the job done like a lot of these good teams a lot of like the better teams they're all young stars with just like not even a handful of like uh the veteran guys you know helping them helping the way whereas the st louis blues there are just more than that they're almost half almost half the roster i'd say i like the veteran guys like the other half are like the rookies coming up or just like uh the guys who have been in, in on the team or at least in the league for the pa- uh, past few seasons like learning from the guys right it works but I don't think it's going to work in the long term for, like, a Stanley Cup run, maybe. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think I know what you mean. Like, it's almost too spread out. But, like, yeah. But it's also not because you can't lean to be too young when it comes to the playoffs because you don't have that veteran presence. You need you need veteran presence. And if you're too old, you're too slow. So right. I think they're the healthiest mix. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that's just what I what I see, though. Okay. Um, real quick, one thing that I'll say is that the St. Louis Blues haven't missed the playoffs since the 2017-18 season, and before that, it was the 2010-11 season. Wow. So they've only missed the playoffs uh, once in the last 10-11 years. Wow. So you have them out. You have them out this time I'm around. out this time around. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Take it away down south, going to the Dallas Stars, fourth in the Central with a 46-30-6 record, 98 points in the league. 
Seventh in the West, 15th in the league. Their new head coach, Peter DeBoer, is replacing Rick Bonus. They lost uh, John Klingberg going to the Ducks. Hated to see him go. Yeah. Vladislav Nemesnikov to the Lightning. That's a good pickup for them, I'd say. Ben Bishop to the Sabres, which is really just his contract because he is now the player development coordinator for the Dallas Stars. Mm -hmm. Alexander Radulov went to the KHL. That's kind of surprising to me. And Michael Roffel went to the Swiss League. Wow, tough to see. Uh, I think that, before we go on, I think that might have to do with how weird of a season they had last year and how shaky the organization kind of was. Dallas just in general? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's been been real weird. The owners calling out the players and stuff. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, good call. It's been like two or three seasons in a row. Or not in a row, but when they're bad, he'll do that. It's kind of fucking weird. Right. It's almost like it doesn't work, man. Stop doing that. (laughs) <laughs> um, players signed this offseason Mason Marchment from the Panthers to a four year contract Colin Miller from the Sabres to a two year contract Will Butcher from the Sabres to a one year contract and goalie Jake Ottinger re-signed a three year contract that's great for them that was the big one uh, notable UFAs right now Jason Robertson surprisingly 41 goals last season tied for ninth in the league 38 assists in his second full NHL season and Braden Holtby suffered a lower body injury in March missed the remainder of the season it's likely he'll not play come this season but Retirement could be a possibility here. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for that. I'll be curious if uh, – I would be curious if uh, Brayden Holby gets one more, but I think we're going to see Brayden Holby retire. Um, as for Jason Robertson, that's the big one here. He's RFA. I messed this up. It's uh, not that's UFA, fine. RFA. But um, I right before we started recording, I looked it up, and there was some talk um, – that he's looking at a four-year contract. Because, I'm thinking like seven, well, six point five mil. I guess with the cap space that they have, they're just they're looking at like a, a four-year thing for yeah. now, and then maybe later down the road give him like a extension. You yeah, know? it's it's nuts. I feel like all of these guys around Jason Robertson's level, like the the guys that are young that have performed and proven themselves a little bit, but not enough for a big contract. Eight million is the number. Mm-hmm. But like a Jason Robertson on this team, I'm seeing like six point five seven easily is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, and then the Stars traded, like I said, that contract and technically Ben Bishop, uh, their 2022 seventh round pick together to the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for the future considerations. Whoa, and getting bossed around again. Yeah, and to hire uh, Ben Bishop mm-hmm. back as the, uh, back as the player coordinator. development coordinator. So, yeah, that's what we're looking at for the Dallas Stars this season. What do you got for us? Um, hmm. I got them I got them down the list on my one uh one through right here. Uh let's see so again lost the big players here. Uh Radulov, Rafal, Nemestikov, Klingberg. I'm like, "Whoa, okay, who are they going to pick up?" Eh? Mar- Mason Marchman was a great pickup. I love the re-sign from Jake Ottinger here. I think he definitely deserved it, but that's not a pickup. And then Sabres, Colin Miller, Will Butcher, those these two guys are just supposed to pick up the pace for the names, the guys that they lost here. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Stars, to be honest. Uh, Jason Robinson, again, still not really signed. Uh, we want, want to go down a list of questionables here. I think this is one of the top questionable teams that I think I put up. Rupe Hans is questionable to start. Uh, Radic Fasca is as questionable to start. Luke Glendenning is questionable to start. Uh, I, I mean... That's a lot right that's there, That's a though. lot right there. On top of Jason Robinson not having the contract signed, which I do think will get resolved, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I was feeling a lot higher about this team than I should have. Um, I, I just thought after last season, like the underperforming kind of like bullshit that went on, I thought that it would be a fire under their ass this season to get it done. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm like more accurately thinking about it, I, I don't think this team's going to do it. I think that they should be down one more spot on my list. They just don't have the guys to score here. I'm looking at like the... They do, but they don't... The guys that are the guys to score here aren't fucking scoring. Aren't scoring, yeah. Like it's Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan just like... 
getting laid every night. Oh wait, they got married. <laughs> Didn't you get married this off season? Like, I think so. They're just too busy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's bad of me to say. Talos Sagan. We're gonna have to cut that out. I think. Yeah, Talos Sagan's kind of looking the exact same, which I don't mind. You know, just keep doing his own thing. But I think he does need to pump those numbers up a bit. Uh, I, I don't know. Dennis Giranov, eleven goals. I, I don't just you got you got to pump these numbers up. Hit Luke Lindenning, nine goals. Joel uh, Kiviranta, one goal. Uh, but that's only in 56 games played. Jacob Peterson, 12 goals. Marion Studnick, 9 goals. You say uh, that's only 56 games played? In in only 56 games oh, played. One goal in 56? No, that's not good. That's, yeah. oh. You got you to gotta get these guys, you got you to gotta get these players to really uh, pump up I the love their back there. end, though. Like Heiskin and Hockenpah, Lindell, Ryan Suter. Like, I think they're looking pretty good defensively. I, I really do think it's just offensive production. Something needs to click here. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, well, I want to go back to Mary Studnick because I'm looking at the yeah. notes that I have. <laughs> I, I, I kind of gave him a shift for nine goals, but I think that's even less because this is between four teams, the Devils, Utica Comets, Stars, and Texas Stars. Got bumped around all last season, so that's probably way less than nine goals he had. But, I mean, when he bumped around from team to team, it's hard to keep up the pace with everything, so I gave him a break with that. But you need a Stars team that's going to pick up the pace here goal-wise. And uh, we need it. We need it from the Dallas Stars because I still think the Dallas Stars, although they're getting better defensively, I could compare them to like another Toronto Maple Leafs, where it's a mainly offensive team. They need to get that shit done. I don't. Yeah, I think they need to be, but they're not right now. They're mainly no, defensive no. team. Yep, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were absolutely right. He had one goal with the Dallas Stars in 16 games. One goal with the Devils in 17 games last season. His other seven goals were in the AHL. Yeah. Uh, I think he's just kind of that guy that's getting pulled up a little bit too soon. Uh, he's he's not that young though. 23 years old, and I say that now because the new NHL man like. You got to be like 19 and like they send you straight to the Wolves and they want you to be the face of the organization. Right. You know, it's nuts. Imagine being 19 years old and having to like even just like speak to reporters after games, you know, never mind like perform your your heart out every night, day yeah. in, day out. I don't know. A lot of pressure. But uh, yeah. What the hell I, were you doing when you were 19? Yeah, I know, Xbox? right? <laughs> Getting anxiety attacks talking yeah. to someone online? Pretending like I wanted to be a fucking pharmacist. <laughs> but, but uh, I think. I think Jake Ottinger and Scott Wedgwood. I'm not. Yep. I'm not upset with that tandem. Is no, that where you're heading next? All. That's exactly where I was going. Next. Yeah. I'm not upset with that at all. I think Scott Wedgwood. We've talked about Scott Wedgwood a lot on this uh, podcast, and Scott Wedgwood is going to be a solid backup for Jake Ottinger. Jake Ottinger is actually ninth best in the league with his GAA of 2.53 last season. Uh, hopefully, Jake Ottinger can keep that up, and you have a solid goaltending tandem with that Scott Wedgwood and Jake Ottinger. In my in my opinion, how you feel about that? Yeah, I I thought the same thing too. His stats aren't really showing it. Nine one three save percentage, three point oh five GAA mm-hmm. uh, in the Yotes the same season last year too. It's a nine one one and a three one six. So, mm-hmm. couple a couple tough teams though. I mean, I, I don't hold it against him, but no. I think Jake Ottinger is definitely a solid player though. Yeah, I have these guys in at the four seed, and I don't really have much more to say on them. You have them in the fourth seed. Yeah, I got them even lower. I got sixth. Six for the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. There's a few guys I want to kind of bump around here, but too late. We'll yeah, I think Dallas needs to come down, but I still need someone to come up and, and bump my Minnesota down. And I, I don't think I don't know if anyone's saving them from these bottom four in this division here. Ugh. So we have the Nashville Predators coming in next, fifth in the Central with a 45-30 and seven record, 97 points, only one less than the Stars last season. Eighth in the West, 16th in the league. Head coach is John Hines. A little side note here. They had the most fighting majors in the NHL last season with 59. The second closest team only had 36 fighting majors, and that was the Anaheim Ducks. That's awesome. 
Yeah. I didn't know what, nah, when I was doing this. Smashville, I realize, right? <laughs> I didn't realize Smashville had that many, <laughs> many fighting me. Yeah. I was like, Jesus, what the hell did we miss? Yeah. The uh, offseason had them lose a few players, too, here. Uh, Matt Benning went to the Sharks. Nick Cousin to the Panthers. Goalie David Riddick is over to the Winnipeg Jets. Matthew Olivier to the Blue Jackets. Philip Myers to the Lightning. Grant Mismash to the Lightning. And Luke Coonan to the Sharks. They signed goaltender Kevin Lonkinen from the Blackhawks to a one-year contract. Nino Niederreiter from the Hurricanes to a two-year contract. And Yakov Trenin re-signed a two-year contract here. Mm-hmm. They uh, The Predators traded Matthew Olivier to the Blue Jackets in exchange for their 2022 fourth-round pick. And their fourth-round pick was Cole O'Hara of the Tri-City Storm of the USHL. They also traded Philip Myers and Grant Mismash to the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for Ryan McDonough. And lastly, Luke Coonan to the San Jose Sharks was in exchange for John Leonard in their 2023 third-round pick. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like the Ryan McDonough pick up there. I've always been a fan of him since the New York Rangers. I don't know how much he's going to do. I think he's I past his prime. Yeah. I think he's the next Dano Chara, I'm honestly. On that. But I, I, I do love the player. I love the guy. He's uh, he's kind of like that old school grit, I think. He's like willing to get in there and do the dirty work. Right. Um, I mean, he had, we'll see. We're going to look at his stats. Here. He had four goals and 22 assists last season. So he's kind of still getting it done as a like a defenseman, like play-wise. Stay-at-home defenseman, break right. the puck out, and right. let the forwards go to work. Exactly. So this this uh, this Preds team, we talked about me being like a kind of like a Preds fan, and I think that's the reason why I'm kind of biased and I kind of shot him up a bit. Ugh. But the more we talk about this, the more I was like, eh, we'll see what's going on. Because Nick Cousins, not don't really care too much about the David Riddick loss. That's fine. Uh, but Nick Cousins to me and Philip Myers, uh, Luke Coonan, is, uh, those are kind of the three big player loss for the Nashville Predators, in my opinion. Uh, but the goalie, I think the losing David Riddick and picking up Kevin Lankin in front of the Blackhawks is great. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks right now are just like an open market. You can just be like, you want this player? Here, take him. I'll, I'll give you someone for him. Uh, Nito Niederreiter, huge pickup, uh, for the Nashville Predators. Yakov Trenin re-signed was good. Um... I don't know. I, I just like I, I want to bump them up, and that's exactly what I did because I want to see another Predators ready to go playoff run that we saw a few years ago with uh, Pecorine. Just couldn't get it done. This is the one team that I think I would flip with Dallas because I mean honestly they finished one point apart of each other. Yeah, I have them in the fifth seed, and I think that they're just gonna be the same team that they kind of always are this year. Mm-hmm. They did pick up Nino Niederreiter, and I think that's great and all, but like. He's coming from a team like the Carolina Hurricanes where like that's one of the teams that their big problem last year was they didn't have that star power. And now you've taken a guy that you probably paid not out the nose for, but you get this guy over here and he's not that guy there. He's not going to be that guy here. Mm-hmm. He's going to slot in nicely. He's going to play well. He's going to put up his points, clock in, clock out kind of guy in my yep. opinion. I think he does have a little bit of flair to his game that brings attention, but it's not the guy that uh, gets the job done, gets him over a hump right. per se. I- I think offensive-wise, um, I think they're doing really good here. Uh, I t- think so, too. Tyler Janot, uh third in the league in Pims with 130. He led the rookies in goals with 24 and had 17 assists in his first full NHL season. Great for a rookie. Wasn't even in the runnings for Rookie of the Year, too, which is w- nuts. Wasn't even there. And then you had Michael Granlund. Didn't really get much done goal-wise, 11 goals, but had a career-high 53 assists. So as a player, just getting shit done like as a playmaker. You know, Niederreiter last year, 24 goals, 20 assists. Uh, Matt Duchesne here, eighth in the league in goals with 43. 
43 assists, and also tied for the third in the league with power play goals with 16. Matt Duchesne getting it done. Yeah, that is power super surprising, dude. Is we, huge. This is something that people have been waiting on for like 10 years, I feel like. Matt Duchesne has been like the guy that was supposed to pop off for all these teams that he's been signed to. Just stuck in his cocoon, you know? Yeah, everyone knew that like there was something there. And like I don't know how at 31 years old that he just like popped off last season. Mm-hmm. But the closest he's ever had in goals is 30, I believe. And the clo- like he's had 47 assists before, but uh, I I just it's baffling. I didn't think that he was that. I didn't think it was ever going to happen. Honestly, yeah. yeah. He only played 34 games for the Preds last year. Yeah, and that's insane. Yeah, and he still got that thing done. And then oh, I'm sorry, two years ago he two played ago. 78 last year, full season. Yeah, 43 that's what and 43. I was thinking too. I was like, I don't have that note down yeah. yet. But Philip Forsberg, uh, I'm going to just jump off of uh, Matt mm-hmm. Duchesne here. Career high season also with 42 goals and 42 assists. Like him a lot. So those top five guys, especially uh, Tana Janot, a fucking rookie, getting it done scoring-wise too, you need it. I mean, we were just talking about the Blues. We were just talking about the Wild. These guys just like don't have those guys that can score, whereas like, what was it, two, three lines of fours just like that can get it done? Yeah, they can roll their forwards for mm-hmm. sure. That That's definitely good. And I just want to roll over. Are you done with the Yeah, forwards? I think defensively, Roman Yossi, you know, one of the best defensemen in the league, kind of got overshadowed by the young guys, yeah, but unreal stats on him, right? Yeah, he had a career-high season, fifth in the league in assists with 53 and second in goals amongst defensemen with 23. Roman Yossi just unbelievable. With, with Dante Fabro as his partner, which I know nothing about. Like, that's – yeah. Not to not to disparage him, but I mean that's that's crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. Matthias Ekholm, I do like on D. I think other than that, they're kind of weak defensively. I don't. I also like I said, don't think Ryan McDonough is going to come in and change the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, UC Saros, Kevin Lonkinen in bat in net, not bad. No, I'm no. all right with that. I'm 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 perfect with both. I love UC Saros. I've talked about being. I think Pecorino really helped with UC Saros, and that's why you see the UC Saros we see today. Um, so I agree. Obviously, UC Saros is unquestionably like the starter for this team and I, I think one of the best goalies one of the top ten maybe best goalies. That might that might, might be, be that might be tough. Might be a little tough call right there. I think top twenty, 15? which isn't that great. I don't even know if I'd say fifteen. Yeah. I gotta look at that. Well, we I should know what we should do? What? We should do we should rank the top let's do the top thirty two goalies in the league. So, okay. Because it's not going to be all the starters, right? There's going to be someone that has like a really good tandem that you're going to mix up and say, "Yeah, who's a backup?" Yeah, like, where the hell did you come from? Right, know? but he's going to be in the top 32. But I think when you do the stats, you got to figure something out. It'd be like, it has to play at least 20 games or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Because like you're going to have, you're going to put like no, well, just like NHL Network does, just your top 32 goalies in the league. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we might not go over every single one of them. That might be boring for some <laughs> listeners. Maybe it'll be like a little side piece, like Maybe a 20 a minute episode piece. that we do. Yeah. I don't mind that. All right. So uh, where do you have them? Are they second or third? Third. All right, good. I was going to say you're psycho if you put them in fucking second. <laughs> um, geez, you're a psycho anyways, but regardless. Um, <laughs> oh, man, you're sending me for a loop again here. I'm like, I don't think anything as crazy as last week. Last week, I... Buddy, the next thing you're about to do to me is going to be fucking crazy. So, <laughs> But uh, Nashville in third? No, that's fine. I mean... I think those three are really where I'm looking. That's that middle area where we're like, re- we don't really know we what's really happen, know what's going to happen. You know, because yeah, yeah. like we definitely have the bottom set. I think the tops, we'll get to it. But yeah, we'll get to it. Um, yeah, I so, think Nashville and thirds can happen. Yep. I want to see the Preds back in the playoffs, baby. Yeah. Nashville. They were in last year, but yep. Yep. I want to see those white towels. <laughs> no, they weren't. 
They were in the playoffs last I know, year. I'm just kidding. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah, let's, let's do go it. north of the border here. Winnipeg Jets, six in the Central, 39, 32, and 11 record, 89 points, 11th in the West, 19th in the league. Head coach is Rick Bonus coming over from Dallas, uh, replaces Dave Lowry. They lost Paul Stasny to the Hurricanes, goalie Eric Comrie to the Sabres, and Evgeny Svechnikov to the Sharks. They signed goalie David Riddick from the Predators to a one-year contract, re-signed Jansen Harkins to a two-year contract, re-signed Pierre-Luc Dubois to a one-year contract, and re-signed Mason Appleton to a three-year contract. No current off-season trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this in a weird way for the Winnipeg Jets. You might not. I think Evgeny, Evgeny uh, Sveshnikov, I know he's a big name. I think he's a big name for the Carolina Hurricanes. But if you look him up on like his hockey DB or whatever, I think he's been fallen. Stats, statistic-wise, has really be falling. Uh, Eric Comrie is going to be a big loss. I really like Eric. I really like Eric Comrie. I think if Sabres are going to really uh, appreciate him and Paul Stastny. But for the signs, David Riddick, uh, which is just okay to me. I, dude, I think that's a better backup than Eric Comrie personally. But this is also that's also the guy that you told me you turned a Winnipeg Jets game on to watch. He said Eric it wasn't Comrie. for Connor Hellebuck. He said it was for, for Comrie. Comrie. Yep. Remember that? Yep, I remember that. <laughs> so I do like this. This is a. Um, this is a team, another team that is just absolutely like injury riddled, and I hope they come back like full blown, ready to go. And you're gonna get that team, the Jets team that these Winnipeg people love, gets them right back on the top of uh, the division. There, that's in my, that's in my head here too, because I just, I mean, in my notes, man, I just have dealt with this, dealt with that, like Connor Hellebuck. All right, I just kind of want to go through real quick, like, Cole, Cole Perfetti here. He messed, missed some time with the upper body injury. Uh, Nikolai Ellers missed some time with a knee injury. Mike Shifley missed a game on COVID, COVID protocol, a leg injury, and, and upper body injury, and it is questionable to start the season. Uh, Blake Wheeler dealt with a knee injury. Uh, going down here, Mason Appleton dealt with a lower body injury. Uh Further down, we have Logan Stanley, who dealt with a lot of lower body injury and, and undisclosed injuries. And, like, this, this this team was just throughout the entire season was just injured, injured, injured. And it's going to affect them a lot. Kyle Connor single-handedly took this team and dragged them up and, and put them into this, this six seed that they were in last year. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something, you know. I just don't – like, that production was amazing. Don't get me wrong. Like, Kyle Connor last year – he got a lot of media attention, a lot of spotlight from the NHL, but I would say probably one of the most underrated players around the league last year. Like I don't think nationally no. he was like covered and given enough spotlight for, for the job he was doing. It was like a Taylor Hall, New Jersey Devils MVP kind of season. Mm-hmm. But he didn't, you know, qualify for playoffs, so he can't do that. Yeah. Um I think Pierre Luc Dubois needs to step up. Mark Shifley, gonna be a weird season. Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, like they, they stripped the captaincy. There's no captain on this team now. That was news from today. Um Nikolai Ehlers I like, but bottom six, not looking very good for forwards, I don't think, personally. No. And then on defense, Neil Pionk, Nate Schmidt, and it kind of falls off from there. I don't I don't really like their defensive pairing. No. I do like their goaltending. That is that is probably their their bright spot on this roster, the goaltending and Kyle Connor. Mm-hmm. That's it for me though. Like I don't know. I, I can't put them anywhere good. They are in my sixth seed. No, we wanna talk about we wanna talk about players that you say just don't get enough appreciation. I still think that way for Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck's just been unbelievable for the Winnipeg Jets. Connor Hellebuck gets so much appreciation. 
From Winnipeg fans. I don't think when's the last from time we nationally. Talked? He's one of the best goalies in the league statistically. I'm, I'm with He's you on always that. in the runnings for the fucking uh I'm with Vesna. you on that. But when's the last time you've just scrolled Instagram or just anything and like you've just seen a hell a con a hell of buck like appreciation post? No one does that. I'm talking like about the league, like nationally. Like right. he get he gets plenty of attention. Okay. I think. I that's that's I my opinion. So. I don't think though. That's just in my head. I, don't I think, mean, I don't he's know, got a career nine one six and two point six nine. That's fucking that impressive. Insane. That's good. Yeah. So to top it all off, uh, what I wanted to say too is last season with all those injuries, uh, that was the second worst career save percentage with a point nine ten, which is insane, uh, and worst career GA, which is a two point nine seven, also insane. No, hold on, hold on. You got these stats all messed up. You said worst, right? Second career worst. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm reading it backwards. Thank yep. you. And I, I just really wanted to say, I put this in there for me. Worse isn't really worse. I just wanted to point out and show the fact that he can have those stats with an injured, injury-riddled team. Yeah. And it's just it's just insane what kind of a goalie Connor Hellebuck is. It's it's remarkable, you know? And that's why I think, was the last time we just, like, I'll randomly just sit here and be like, hey, dude, you know, I was watching this Hell- Connor Hellebuck video the other day. Like, I've, I don't think I've ever said that. But then, like, I'll watch, a, I'll watch like, a Winnipeg Jets fan, like, team, sorry, I watch like a Winnipeg Jets game, and I'm like, "Oh, dude, this kind of hellabuck guy is so fucking good." Yeah, I I just think he's good. Like I I don't yeah. know. I don't see the same issue. Like I I just think that he's just that good. He's just on a team that isn't good, <laughs> so they're not going to cover it. He was the Vesna winner in 19, 2019, 2020. Like he got plenty of spotlight when the team was good and when they were making playoff runs, but they never. They never took it home, and they never really got anywhere further than the Western Conference Finals, I think, that one time. So, at the end of the day, why are we going to sit around and talk about that guy that much, you know? Right. I don't know. I don't know. I have them in the six seeds. You know where I got them. Where do you have them, Matt? Second. They're right below the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, my God. You're so crazy, dude. You do the craziest shit, dude. You just bumped them up four fucking seeds. I think we're going to see a full uh, full recovered team, Winnipeg Jets team. I think uh, it's going to be a different uh, different look for the Winnipeg Jets next Who's season. Who's going to be their top defenseman at the end of the season? <clears throat> um, good question. Um, it's either going to be Josh Morrissey or Brendan Dillon, in my opinion. Nate Schmidt's kind of fallen down a bit, but I think Nate Schmidt will be there to uh, help out with uh, making plays and shit. So like, kind of like... Yeah, yeah. An offensive defenseman, kind of, you know? Oh, boy, dude. Bottom six. Jansen Harkins, Adam Lowry, Mason Appleton. Mm-hmm. Morgan Barron, Dominic Toninato, Christian Veselainen. What can you tell me about any of those players, <laughs> dude? How can you put them in the second seed with that bottom six? They are not deep at all. And then when they do, eventually, someone's going to get fucking hurt. Like They can avoid injury more than they did last season or be the least injured team in the league. They're still going to be an injury. This isn't good. This is not good. This smells. This smells and spells disaster for Matt Small. Don't worry. Don't worry, Winnipeg Jets fans. I'm here for you. Chris isn't. He's got I you am. back. I, I got you back. Second. For no reason. Second. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't put him further because the Colorado Avalanche are the, still the Colorado Avalanche. But you know we're, we're second. We're good to go. No, what's gonna blow this all up is when Dustin Bufflin says, "I'm back, baby." <laughs> Comes in and revamps the organization. Everyone's like, "Fuck yeah!" He gets the C, dude. They just slap the captaincy on Bufflin. It's like we're, we're just gonna get rid of it all season, but here you go, take it. <laughs> just a massive C, just right on the chest. Oh my god, that take it, Dusty. That is potentially crazier than your uh, no way. Toronto no way. first. No way. Toronto was my was my home run. 
Yeah. Toronto, I don't know. Toronto, I'm going to Toronto... weigh this out. I got to see how next week goes, dude. What are you going to throw me next week? I don't know. Toronto was my curveball. I was like, <laughs> how can I kind of be crazy with this? I'm like, Toronto, number <sighs> one. It's possible. It is possible. I, I it could be. I don't know. I think they have the worst goaltending in their division, but, but I digress. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Blackhawks, seventh in the Central, a 28-42-12 and 12 record, a whopping 68 points, 14th in the West, 27th in the league. Head coach is now Luke Richardson, replacing Derek King. They lost <laughs> Alex it to the Senators, Kirby Dock to the Canadians, goalie Colin Delia to the Canucks, Eric Gustafsson to the Capitals, goalie Kevin Lonkin to the Predators, Dylan Strom to the Capitals, and Dominic Kubelik to the Red Wings. Seven players. Yeah, you got to say that quick just to save us some time here. We're already 55 minutes in. They signed Max Domi from the Hurricanes to a one-year contract, Andreas Athanasiu from the Kings to a one-year contract, Colin Blackwell from the Maple Leafs to a two-year deal, goalie Alex Stalock from the Sharks to a one-year deal, Philip Kurashev re-signed a one-year deal. Caleb Jones re-signed a one-year deal. And Jack Johnson from the Avalanche to a one-year deal. I don't really think I want to rattle off all these trades. I think mm. I think we're good. You think so? I think so. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, it's, mainly, it's, mainly, it's basically all the things that just, I covered up there. And yeah, we talked just, about it earlier. It's basically so. picks. So, yeah, it gets to go. Yeah, they had a fire sale. Everything was for sale for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, let's see what this line combo looks like. I haven't even looked at this one yet. My goodness. Oh, they picked up. Uh, we could do this trade though. The Blackhawks traded their twenty two, tw- sorry, twenty twenty two second round pick to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for Peter Morozik, and their twenty twenty two first round pick. Mm-hmm. So they did, they did have a pickup with the Peter Morozik from that trade. So, um, yeah, how do you feel about lost before we get signed here? A lot, a big loss here. I mean, we just talked about the Chicago Blackhawks. How almost in an instant they were just like, we're gonna do a total total team revamp here and they were just fire sale poor seth jones mm-hmm. poor seth jones man. that's all i gotta he say he signed that fat contract he was looking really good uh i thought it was great for him to go over to chicago i think that that could have been like hey look we have this this you know stepping stone in one of the best defensemen in the league to pair with jonathan Taves, patrick kane our awesome roster of like aging veterans pass the torch on he can be the next um Duncan Keith, you know, the next like right. face for our defensive yep. pairings. And just, my goodness. Um, uh, let me just rattle this off. Kurashev, uh, Philip Kurashev, Lucas Reichel, Reichel, I don't know, Patrick Kane for your top line. Athanasio Tabes and Ra- uh, Taylor Radish, pretty good second line. Mm. Tyler Johnson, Max Stomey, Colin Blackwell, Boris Kachuk, Sam Lafferty, Mackenzie Entwistle. Uh, dude, I-, I don't know, man. <laughs> this is tough. This is tough. Peter Morozik and Stalock in net. Eh, a couple average backups. I don't know, man. Chicago coming in at number seven. I don't know how much time I can spend on them. I'm with you on that. I think the Blackhawks are going to come in at number seven. And for everyone who's been paying attention, I think we all know it's going to be coming up with number eight. But, uh, yeah, man, I feel so bad. Like, you're just rolling down here to Seth Jones. You're like, oh, man, like, career high 46 assists last season, just, like, ready to go. And then, like, this offseason. That's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Um, for defenseman two, Jake McCabe is expected to be out until at least November 23rd. Uh, he had a career high of eight, 18 assists last season, so on a big defenseman that's just going to hmm. be lost there for a little while. And then they're picking up, uh, I should say, he had 15 games played last season, but it's Alex Vlasic, who had one goal, one assist, coming straight from Boston University. So just like 15 games and like this team is just like yeah you good just gonna throw you right in there instead of just like kind of letting you they don't really have any other options man like here you go have fun 
Let's do that hockey. <laughs> right, exactly. And let's talk about goalies here, which is going to be probably the worst thing that we're going to talk about. He missed six weeks with a groin injury, played 20 games with the Maple Leafs with a 12-6-0 record, 3.34 GA, and .888 save percentage. Now let's jump over to That's, Alex That Stalock. was uh, Peter Morazic's stats for you listeners, too. Oh, I didn't say Yikes. it. Sorry, my bad. And then for Alex Stalock, wasn't expected to play last season due to a heart condition. Played one game with the San Jose Sharks and 17 games between the Bakersfield Condors and San Jose Barracudas last season. What? What are you doing, Chicago? I, I, I did like Staylock a lot. Goalie? I did like Staylock a lot. I mean, if I he's did. coming back and he's bouncing back, why not? Why but not? I, I thought he was a very good goaltender. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if he's willing to sign a contract and stick his neck out and say, hey, let's do I this. I think Peter Morozik's a great goalie. I mean, you just a groin injury for a good goalies, goalie. too, is it's going to hurt him in the long run. And then what do you have? What do you, Peter Morozik, Alex Staylock. Like, how long before Alex Staylock is just like, dude, I'm going to be an IR? Sorry, yeah, my I don't condition. know, dude. Peter Peter Morozik, I think he was a good goalie. I think he's fallen off quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He had a good year with the Hurricanes when he had a good team in front of him. We talked about how bad he played for the Maple Leafs. Yeah. And I think it's not going to get better in Chicago. You don't have that good of a team in front of him. So mm-hmm. that's going to be tough. We'll see. And I feel like he's one of those guys that gets injured a lot, uh, Peter Morozik. So maybe when the going gets tough, Peter Morozik throws in the towel and says, fuck it, All I'm right. hurt. I'm hurt. Air yeah, quotes. I'm hurt, buddy. And we'll then- see. I don't know if you said talking about Juja Kara here. Missed the rest of the season after lower back surgery in late February. He's actually still currently out, uh, but questionable for the start of the season. So I don't know if he's even going to start next season, especially after back surgery like that. Yeah. Philip Khrushchev, too. Blackhawks, like six goals, 15 assists. Like that's like your top brass right there. Yeah. That's tough. Not, not looking good. Jonathan Taze out with a concussion in mid February. Career low, 12 goals. I mean, I can't really say career low when you're out in concussion like this that. This is getting but. depressing. Can we go? <laughs> I'm, I'm ready so, to leave. I'm sorry, Chicago, but this is <laughs> this is exactly a team you're going to you're gonna have. It, it's going to get the, worse. It's going to get worse, and it's this exact team you're going to have when offseason your organization is just like, we're going to just dump everything and just restart, like rebuild. And, like, poor Jonathan Taze is just – and Seth Jones is like, mm. all right, where the hell do we go from here? You yeah, know? Patrick Kane, too. Patrick Kane. Wasn't that talking about uh, Jonathan Taze wanting out? I, I would think so. I think everyone wants out. Yeah. I think now, everyone got out. Like, now there's, oh, like, three guys God. left, like, stuck holding the bill. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, man. I kind of regret what I did now. Why? What You want to put them in second seed? No. Chicago going to finish in the second seed? All right, Arizona <laughs> Coyotes, eighth in the Central last year with a 25-50-7 record, putting up 57 points, 16th in the West and 31st in the league, so they were not the worst team in the league. Oh. Head coach Andre Turingni, I know uh, much about him as I do the players on this roster. <laughs> uh, they lost Phil Kessel to the Golden Knights, Hudson Fashing to the Islanders, and Ty Emerson to the Rangers. Phil Kessel is going to be a big one. I just... Right before I looked up his stats for Arizona, and he was he led the team in like assists. Yeah, there's going to be a, a big celebration this year for him three different times. Hopefully, uh, he's re- reaching milestones. I believe 400 goals, 600 assists, and a thousand games played, Ooh. all in this season, like early. So awesome. I'd like to see him get them all on three separate nights, so they could be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yep. like over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did sign a bunch of players. Uh, not a lot of impact on this, I don't think. Uh, Lawson Kraus resigned a five-year deal. Bukanji Imama re-signed a one-year deal. Nick Budstad from the Wild, one-year deal. Josh Brown from the Bruins to a two-year deal. Troy Stetcher from the Kings, a one-year deal. 
Laurent Dauphin from the Canadians, one-year deal, and goalie John Gillies from the Devils to a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. At least they're making some effort here with the Arizona Coyotes. They made an effort there, but they didn't make an effort with these notable UFAs of Barrett Hayton, 10 goals, 14 assists. Jay Beagle is a notable UFA here. Um, Louis Erickson, Alex Galchenyuk, Antoine Roussel, goalie Hari Sateri, and Anton Strauman. A lot of decent names there. Like yeah. Five years ago, you could make a pretty decent roster with those guys. I think Jay Beagle could still potentially be something, too. Yeah, Jay Beagle I kind of threw on there. Um, he was out since December with core muscle surgery. And uh, I didn't realize this, but he's been in the NHL since 2008, won the Cup with the Capitals mm-hmm. in 2018. Yep. So. Um, I'd be curious to see what happens with him. Harris Terry is also up there. Harris Terry was that backup when Toronto, uh, Toronto slash Arizona Coyotes last season, mm-hmm. where um, the Coyotes are just having an awful, awful time figuring out goaltending. Vegemelko was their guy. Well, they still haven't figured it out. In my uh, opinion. Still kind of have figured it out. And I think Terry, although although his stats don't look too well, I think he definitely deserves like. <clears throat> Another opportunity with another team, probably as like a third string or something like that, or, or, or some team that will allow him to develop as a as a goaltender. Because I really do like Harris Terry there, but yeah, like big names missing out here. Like again, Gel, uh, Gelchenyuk, Roussel, Strawman, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, I think this is uh, another island of misfit toys here. I do like Clayton Keller a lot, Nick Schmaltz, Jack McBain. Those three guys stick out to me. Lawson Krause, too, actually. They got a lot of good young guys, I think. I think that the um, the talent was there at one point. Uh, no one really to help them grow and develop, though. That's going to be an issue, I think. Mm-hmm. Zach Cassian coming over from the Oilers gives them a little of a, you know intimidation factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Ritchie, Andrew Ladd, surprising. Nick Bukestad, like all these names kind of seem like, you know, could have, could the the... I'm butchering it, but I guess, like, I don't want to, you know, talk shit, but the league kind of has-beens. Yeah. Like, Shane Gostaspear, Goss- Goss- Jacob Chitrin. Like, these are all guys that are not has-beens, but they're, like, what could-have-beens, you know? Like, they, they could have made it, and now they're here. All on one team together. Like, yeah. if this team was divided up and one guy, one or two guys from the roster went to each team around the league... They'd be like they'd fit in pretty well and have like fit right. in with their teams and, yep. and perform. I think you mm-hmm. know, but I think just it's it doesn't jive here. It doesn't all mix. There's okay. no star power and there's no veteran presence. A team of third and fourth liners. Yeah, I mean you gotta yeah. start somewhere. That's a good way of putting it. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know here. I just I just don't know for like to jump into the roster. Here, Nick Schmaltz, career high twenty three goals and thirty six assists. Uh, missed the beginning of the season with an upper body injury. Returned in December. So. To have a career high twenty three goals and thirty six assists and still miss three, three uh, months, three months call is it, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, um, I mean, you got Clayton Keller is questionable to start with a leg injury. Travis Boyd, Lawson Kraus, who's also questionable to start. Uh, Barrett Hayton, Jack McBain, Nick Ritchie, who's questionable to start this season. Nathan Smith, Zach Cashin, Andrew Ladd. Andrew Ladd was the last time you heard of Andrew Ladd, but he's also questionable. you Winnipeg Jets, bro. Mm-hmm. Kidding me? Yep, that's right. That's right, bud. Christian Fisher, questionable to start. Another questionable. Are you a Canadian? I don't know, eh? I think you are, dude. You're just you're just hammering the Canadian teams. This is wild. Loving them? Yeah, oh, dude. Man. Yeah, Toronto, Winnipeg. What are you going to give me next Next uh, breakdown? Vancouver going to be up there? They're going to win the division? Can you imagine? I already told you Six. Thatch Demko from the West. I know. That's my thought. Still yeah. sticking to it. I've been seeing some videos on him, though. I'm like, eh. Maybe we'll see what happens. Uh, but I don't know, man. Just like it's it's, Coyotes is still in 
they're rebuild. Do you want to say rebuild? Because they they're down there. Are. They're down there. But I don't know. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up though is uh, Karel Vegmelka here too. I, I did like watching him as a goalie. I think he really his stats don't say it. But when you're on a shit team like the Arizona Coyotes and how fucking bad they were, I think he really stepped up as just. A goalie who's just thrown into the fucking wolves in his first NHL season. I think he did pretty pretty well for that team. I think he def- definitely deserves a starting spot for the Arizona Coyotes. But they picked up uh, Ivan Prosvetov, uh, who's the Coyotes' fourth round pick in 2018. Last season played three games with the Coyotes. Sorry, yeah, last season played three games with the Coyotes and went 0-2 and one. And then for the Tucson Roadrunners, played 45 games and had a 15, 22 and five record, 3.66 GA and .880 save percentage. Yeah, so the farm doesn't look too good either, huh? Nope. So I don't know. I don't know what the fuck the plan is for the Arizona Coyotes here, but I'm expecting the exact same Arizona Coyotes team as last season. That is exactly my thought with this team. I kind of like, same thing with like Chicago Blackhawks. Like we could sit here and talk about the names. We could sit here and talk about the stats. We could sit here and talk about the goalies. But in reality, it's just like for everyone listening in, it's going to be the exact same Arizona Coyotes team. Yeah. And it's not going to look good for another few months. It's not going to look good for the NHL. Gary Bettman needs to give it the fuck up. Yep. 100%. I don't know. I don't know. ASU? They're going to sell some tickets there. I was going to say I was proud of you for not bringing up the stadium thing again, but you (laughs) you fucking blew it. God damn. You got to. You got to with Arizona Coyotes. Like, can't get worse. Can't. All right. How about the Quebec Nordiques? Rattle them off. Talking about Canadian teams. Rattle them off. How about we bring them back? Go down your list. How about we bring back the Quebec Nordiques? Let's do one through eight. Arizona Nordiques. All right. So that's that's it with the Coyotes, and we're going to – Let's do the one through eight for us. You ready for that? Yeah, do it. Okay. Should I go eight to first? Just to, no. No, well, first. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. So <laughs> my central one through eight, number one is the Colorado Avalanche. Number two, the Winnipeg Jets. Number three, the Nashville Predators. Number four, the Minnesota Wild. Number five, the St. Louis Blues. Number six, the Dallas Stars. Seven, Chicago Blackhawks. And in dead last will be the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, so I got Colorado in first, St. Louis, Minnesota, Dallas, mm. Nashville, Winnipeg, Chicago, and Arizona. Mm. So the biggest uh, the biggest divide we have here is St. Louis, in, for me, is second. You have them fifth. And yeah. for you, you have Winnipeg second, and I have them sixth. Hmm. Other than that, not too far off. Uh, Dallas swung a little bit. I have them fourth. You have them sixth. So hmm. that's what we're looking at for this this. Uh, Central division. Yeah, St. Louis Blues. I kind of want to go through what they were. Yeah, I bumped down the Wilds from two to four. The Blues from three to five. I mean, that's kind of what it was. Like, we talked about that in the beginning of the episode. We're just like, you either stay the same or got worse. And that's exactly what the hell we're looking at now. And that's why I think it's... That's why I think it was the hardest one to shift people around because you're like... At the end of the day, like, why are you going to get more wins than this team? Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I think a lot of these teams are taking their puzzle pieces and getting them on the table, and now this is the year that they start to put it together. Yeah, you know, the two teams, um, the two teams that had you going was the uh, Winnipeg Jets and the uh, Nashville Predators. For me, I bumped those two pl- uh, two teams up. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Just my thought here. Six, twelve. So the Winnipeg Jets from sixth in the Central to second in the Central. 
Just fucking just throw them. Wait, right you did that? The... Yeah, I'm looking at it I, now. You had them as six and bumped them to two? No, no, no. This is from like last last year. There was six. Oh, I got you. I got you. Okay. So I'm going to bump them up to like two. And like the natural predators yeah. were fifth and I bunched, bumped them up to third. That doesn't seem so bad. Fifth or third is That not doesn't bad. because it's a one-point swing to get to fourth with Dallas right. from but last year. I think the Jets is what we're talking about is that big swing. Yeah. Right and to see second. St. Louis fall off as much as you have them, that's kind of nuts to me too. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't know. I want to know what everyone else thinks too. Like if anyone could just like in the comment section or just on like one of our DMs or like the post post like email, just like let me know what you want the rates out for like these divisions. Yeah. I'll be I'll be curious. I actually be curious what everyone else thinks. I'm sure we'll find like a lot of people that just like have very different opinions on what if and maybe put some notes on there and be like why do you have the Coyotes first in the Central? Because I really want to know. Give me a full-blown paragraph of why the fuck you think the Arizona Coyotes are going to be first. I had a listener send me. Uh, he, he They texted me about. They said, your reaction to Matt picking Toronto first was hilarious. <laughs> and then they sent me the screenshot that I told you about how it was like the eight goalie tandems in the Atlantic, right? Is it the Atlantic? Yeah. Yeah. They sent me the eight goalie tandems in the Atlantic Division, and they were like Toronto was like the very bottom with the tandem that they have. <laughs> and I was looking at it, and I was like, honestly, I think the Atlantic Division is like the worst division goaltending wise. Wise, yeah, yeah. It was it was nuts, but I did have a, a listener reach out and say like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Matt smoking what some good hell? stuff. What the hell is your co-host doing? What is your co-host thinking? Why the fuck am I listening to this? <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It's not much to say. It got really depressing toward the Blackhawks Coyotes. Yeah, especially where they're in the same division. You know, if it was like, if there was one dog in the division, you're like, all right, we can talk about it a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. now it's two of them. It's like, oh, I kind of yeah. just want to move on from this crap. Right. The more we talked about it, the more I was putting the pieces together. I was like, oh, God, it's getting worse and worse. Yeah, I don't like this. Nope. We can stop now. Not at all. Um, what else? Post to post picks. We already talked about that, right? We what did. Was it? Brandon Duhame. More Pims or less Pims than gotcha. uh, last season. Gotcha. Bar set at 122. And then for everyone on uh, who follow my Instagram, um, I'm going to do another thing. Brian L.A. versus Jake Allen. Because we talked I about think that. they're the same. You think they're the same? Yeah. We- I don't. Who do you that, think that's is why better? that's why I want to put a poll up there to see if anyone. Who do you else think is better, Brian Elliott or Jake Allen? Uh, I think. Oh my god, they're the fucking same, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll be curious what other people think because I like right. I'm on the fucking cusp of just yeah, someone because they're the same, dude. <laughs> and Halak is better than both of them. It's just a fact. Facts of life, right there. We pulled it up last week. Remember, their stats were like identical, and Halak was slightly yeah. better. Yep. I don't know. That's my thought. Yeah. But with that said, uh, I got nothing else to be honest. I've been, I've been burning out here. But we got one more. We got one more division left. Yeah, we're gonna do the Pacific next the week. Pacific next week, and then uh, get started right into the NHL season. Yeah, we got a uh, preseason starting up soon. I th- believe the twenty fourth is gonna be the first. Uh, Scheduled preseason game for the NHL, yep. so that's good. I've been breaking down all these two on our YouTube uh, at Around the Boards for all of our listeners. So our YouTube channel is Around the Boards. Yeah, if you have a specific team that you want to see broken down, Matt chopped them up into little <clears throat> five, ten minute segments, and you can check it out and not have to listen to us for four hours straight. Yeah, that, that'd be great. Yeah. Right? Yep. If you want to look up the 2022-2023 Bruins, it's it's right there uh, on the on our uh, YouTube too. You could just go to our um, uh, saved. 
save list and I'll, I have the division breakdown so you can click on that and just see all the videos we have up I literally I have them so I download them I'm just doing I do them every day we're good to go for like another month yeah so yep with that said I think we're done time to rip a nip time to rip one uh, so I got Jim Beam Honey which I think I did last week or the week before and I was not a fan of it yeah it was pretty gross I got a uh, doctor's butterscotch again like I did last week sick bastard yeah you bought it not me I like the no, mint. you're the one who bought that, didn't you? Why the fuck would I buy butterscotch, Matt? Thank Man. you. Cheers. Biz. <coughs> oh, you know what? Not as bad. Nope. <clears throat> Give me a second. Ooh. Jim Beam. Jack Daniels or Jim Beam? So you go to if you were to have one. Neither, but Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels, yeah. The Jack Daniels Winter Winter Jack is really good. The white bottle. It's like a honey, but like kind of cinnamony, but it's not like Fireball. It's, it's a good. White bottle? Yeah. It's called Winter Jack. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty you good. You had something today that you hated. It was like an IPA or something. It's really good. The pumpkin one? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Those are really good. I think we're going to start seeing that soon with like uh, all the alcohol too. Like around this time, we're going to see like a lot of like pumpkin spice and getting ready for. Oh, buddy. Time. It's been out since oh, first week of out? August. Yeah. There's not pumpkin big, beer all over the stores. I'm not a big beer guy at all, but when we first started the podcast, you showed me the uh, Shipyard Pumpkin Head, and I just got hooked on a little. Yeah, those are good. You know what they released good. last year, what? and they came out with again this year? is Pumpkin Head Seltzer. What? Six-pack seltzer that's like Shipyard Pumpkin Head. I'm telling you, seltzers are the way to go. You go yeah. to a packy now, and uh, they have like the Jameson mixed uh, those are different technically, but yeah. What I'm saying, yeah, yeah. like seltzers and like mixed drinks now yeah. on the go. Those yeah. Are, like the big things. It's making money because I've been buying them. That's right. But that's it. That's it for this podcast. That's it for the episode. All right. We will see you all next week for the Pacific Breakdown. Very much looking forward to that one. Thank you for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description. And Matt and I will see you all next week. Bye, guys. Peace. Peace.